to concentrate, distract me. Oh, I'm telling you. The inimitable Ms. Amy Winehouse. One of the sexiest songs I've ever heard in my life. It comes off her debut album, Frank. Amy, Amy, Amy. It's actually the final song on that album. And holy cowboy, man. Talk about losing somebody way, way too soon. Uh, Back to Black, obviously, was her big international breakout. But that first record, if you're an Amy Winehouse fan at all and you have not explored Frank, her debut album, please do so. And that's how we kick off the Brian Oak Show episode. Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, 271? 271. Again, those are numbers (laughs) that, like, I'm not even sure Pythagoras could have conceived in numbers so high. But it's, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine we're here. And today... Because sometimes life demands that we are not in the Smart Start MN studios. However, the Brian Oak Show is still made possible by Smart Start MN. Before we talk about what's to come, let's make sure we thank Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition, ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means if you or someone near and dear to you gets a DUI, they fucked up. And they can get their life back on track sooner and for less money than they otherwise might expect by getting in touch with Smart Start MN. That's right. I even got to go see uh, Trombone Shorty with Mike Freeberg, one of the uh, owners of Smart Start MN. Saw that show Friday with his wife, Caroline, and then my lovely wife, Brooke. It was absolutely fantastic. So we have these guys that are sponsors. They're great guys. And you can save even more money if you go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, they'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Mike, Ed, their whole crew, they're fantastic dudes. And we've talked about this many, many, many times. However, Sean, I have not talked to you since you went to that. I talked to you prior to that. You had not seen Trombone Shorty before. No. And I said, this is going to be one of those dynamic, amazing shows, like a, a, a Robert Randolph family band kind of show. I have to imagine that the top of your head came off at some point because they're so good and so dynamic live. I have not seen my wife smile and laugh that much since the first time she saw me naked. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> no, she took an odd. No, took she took an odd turn. She, took an odd she turn absolutely right loved. No, she was laughing and smiling a ton. I thought I'd try to be funny. It doesn't. They're always not no. comic gold, Brian. Well, but here's no. the problem. It, it was funny. And also tragic at the same time, which I guess the universe seeks a balance. That's what I'm trying to say. No, she had such a good time and I had such a great time, but she had a super stressful teacher day, like with tears involved. And so giving my wife that gift of pure escape, she was just loving it. And then I was loving it. It was just fun to watch her so happy. But what a great show. Incredible show. There are a handful of bands like Trombone Shorty, Carolina Chocolate Drops, Robert Randolph, there, there are certain bands that you go in there like, I think this is going to be pretty good. And then all of a sudden, oh, you are consumed by the unreal. maelstrom of yeah. musical joy. I'm glad you had a great time. I went out last night on a school night, which I don't go to school anymore, but any weeknight, I always kind of, it's my colloquialism, I call it a school night. Sure. I'm a little fried today. And we'll talk about that in a second. But what I want to do is encourage people to either join our Patreon account, which is Patreon slash Brian Oak Show, or pay closer attention because we have our first Patreon show in a while coming up in just a couple of short days. But what we've done being who we are and where we are in our lives, we've made it early. So you're not going to die, Um, which I'm not dying today, but I'll tell you what, the second we're done recording this, there is going to be a very, very hard nap involved. What's going on on Thursday, Sean? 
Uh, we uh, are going to uh, bring our friends Trailer Trash to uh, the Hook and Ladder Theater. I just learned from Chris Mozina over at the Hook that they're going to move this to the main stage, uh, which is terrific. We were going to be in the mission room originally, which had been a little tight for the band, but he's moving us to the main stage. So for those of you that are Patreon members or former guests on the show, you get in for free. Um, if you're not a Patreon member yet, uh, just go to patreon.com and look up Brian Oak uh, and Brian Oak show. And you can be a member that way. Um, really good turnout thus far. Just understand it's free for you. We're paying the band. We also pay the venue, Always. Uh, but, but this is a way for us to be able to thank our Patreon listeners, our former guests and our uh, close personal friends. Well, and let's be honest. And sponsors. I mean, yeah. yeah. Without, without the sponsors and without the people who are on board with Patreon and the people who have, provided the content to be a part of what we do here on the Brian Oak show, none of this would be possible or frankly, very interesting. So, (laughs) but in all sincerity, right? It's true, but it's also funny. (laughs) Well, agreed, but also, also way too true. So if you are someone who feels like, Hey, I know those dudes or, Hey, I've been on that show or, Hey, whatever, get a hold of either Sean or myself uh, on email. You can go through, uh, Oak Show, um, anywhere online that you can find it. Um, we'd love to have you on Thursday because Trailer Trash, there's a there's a there's a roadhouse and very real, real upper Midwestern feel to everything they've ever done. And it's gonna be super fun on Thursday. I'm excited. And it's early, right, Sean? What time do we get rolling? So doors at six, music at six thirty, and we'll be out of there by eight. So wish- very quick up up and down, and and uh you'll be home in time for matlock i sent that to my aunt actually she's like i don't watch matlock <laughs> i was like i, I was joking <laughs> she's like no joking you're more of a matlock. you're more of a golden girls okay that's yes cool. you uh, are so um we'll be talking to nate dungan uh legendary frontman for this particular band joining us on thursday momentarily but before we do as i mentioned earlier i did go out last night and you know i've gone out a lot of nights in my life as you have as nate yes. has many times but as we get older we have to make smarter decisions right and or or you have to be compelled to a point where you can't say no and going out to see tenacious d last night at surly brewing festival field even though i knew the show was sold out i'm like i can't not go i mean the last time i tried to go see tenacious d i got fired from my dream job Fuck you, MP. Uh, anyway, um, I did. I, I did, and that's just how that's how the game works. Sometimes um, I went last night with my daughter, my, my favorite hard rock and amigo, Abby, and we had a spectacular time. The show was so very good, despite the fact that there might have been ten thousand. I don't. They used to say the capacity at Surly was four thousand. Yeah, there were way more than yeah. four thousand people there last night. But I still had a spectacular time. And what I liked is normally when you go see a band, like why don't you play shit off the first two records? They have such a rich catalog all the way through. It was pretty heavily laced with later stuff. They did go back to the original, which of course because they're smart and they know how to appease the fans. But Rage Cage and KG. Kyle Gass and um, my guy Jables, uh, Jack Black, uh, they were expectedly brilliant, truly wonderful last night. And I had the time of my life, and it's been worth the grind that today has been so far. And I'm going to be honest, I'm going to try to keep my eyes open for the rest of it. Nate Dungan will join us again just ahead after this. But first, 
maybe my favorite Tenacious D song, but that might change again tomorrow. But here we go, a little Tenacious D on The Brian Oak Show. Damn. A hard day's rocking. Better slip off my shoes. Better give a little stretch. And a bend. Dip my toe to jacuzzi, baby. Slip out this book in the buttress of Windsor. Ho, 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 who's this? How's it going? That's the first thing I'll say to you. How's it going? Are you flowing? Listen, honey, thinking about a couple things to say to you. Showing, growing. Man, I'd like to place my hand upon your fucking sexy ass and squeeze. And squeeze. Take off your blouse and your underpants. Then take a look. Cause hear me and KG come naked out of the side hatch. With the oils and perfume and incense. Now you're grooving. Put on a cool seven. say what you like about the band <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people reduce them to a strict comedy duo but here's the thing although it's funny and very interactive their band is brilliant their band will oh melt yeah face last night they did a cover of good times bad times by led zeppelin that there were kids in that audience who weren't born when tenacious d started that lost their mother effing minds when that song went down. They're just, they're, it's not ironic. To me, it's not a comedy thing. It's not, a, it, there's nothing simple about it. They're one of my favorite bands of the 21st century, the end. It's the Brian Oak Show. My name is Brian Oak. His name is Sean Bernard. Hi, Sean. Hey. 
Before we move forward, I do want to thank. <laughs> what is it? Was there more? Did I no, miss that's all. That's all we have. I'm not. We're not going to talk Vikings. We're just going to keep plowing forward. We're not oh, going to talk God, about. We're it. not going to. Uh, we can talk nope. about that later this week. Keep moving. That, keep moving. Keep moving. That was. I, I was. I was so glad that instead of wasting my night not getting sleep, seeing Tenacious D, instead of wasting my night watching the Vikings. You saw a Tenacious D. I did not see a Tenacious D. Yeah, unfortunately, no, you did not. Nor Tenacious O. You saw no Gahar. Yeah, hellacious. I I saw hellacious is what I saw. Not good at all. Not good at all. Before we introduce today's guest, I want to thank our newest sponsor, Moxie Wealth Management. What they want to do is help you level up. You got a little money. You've got a few ideas. You think you have a pretty good idea. There's not one of us in our life who cannot benefit from an expert to that actually knows the area. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. I can change my own oil, but instead of wasting an entire Saturday doing it, I let a professional do it. Same thing with your money, but your money might even be more important as you move forward. With Moxie Wealth Management, there's a whole team on your behalf that can help you look at every aspect of what that means. Now, does it mean you're a Kardashian? God, no. Does it mean that you want to worry about your future and think, not worry, plan for your future? Think about the way things should shake out? Absolutely, it does. That's where Moxie Wealth Management comes in. Yeah, there's, you know, uh, in particular, Joe Burgess. really is looking for people that are at that point in their life where they've saved quite a bit. They have their IRAs, they have that sort of thing going, but they're maybe less than satisfied with their current planner, or they love the idea of having a team, uh, like you just mentioned, that you actually have a tax professional. You've got people that, um, that really understand how to pull everything together so you don't have five different contacts to handle uh, your Retirement, your wealth. A lot of Minnesotans are uncomfortable about talking about this stuff, but I love the fact that we we've got a person involved with Joe and Moxie that love music, that are are passionate about what we're trying to do in the community, and they can help people uh, kind of get to that next level and really make sure. Because you and I are both in our fifties, I know I haven't saved nearly enough. Uh, a lot of our money's in my wife's, you know, retirement plan. But getting to that next level so that you can absolutely make sure that, you know, you only have to work another 10, 15 years or so, uh, you know, to be to be financially ready to go. Go to MoxieWealthManagement.com and uh, learn more. Do you have the disclaimer in front of you there, Brian? Yes. Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated member FINRA SIPC North Star Research Resource Group is independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue, Southeast Minneapolis, 55414. Separate from the financial plan and their role as financial planner, Moxie may recommend the purchase of specific investment or insurance products or accounts. These product recommendations are not part of the financial plan and you are under no obligation to follow them. Just like you're under no obligation to be a part of the Brian Oak Show. However, many of you have, for whatever reason, decided to make this a part of the way you spend life's precious moments. 
and we're deeply appreciative. Um, whether you listen, whether you subscribe, whether you share, whether you amplify, or whether you're a Patreon member, which we deeply appreciate because without you, we literally can't do this. We very, very much love that. And we want to reward that by making sure that we have Patreon events for our Patreon members to enjoy. This coming Thursday, we're going to be at the Hook and Ladder nice and early. Everyone's home in time for bed. But there will be an hour or so in your evening that's going to punch you in the gut in the best possible way. Many of us remember going out to that legendary roadhouse, Lee's Liquor Lounge, oh, and, and watching this band live. I've been there to see so many bands live, and I've seen this band at least my share of times. Uh, Trailer Trash is going to be joining us for this week's Patreon event. And Nate Dungan of Trailer Trash joins us now. Nate, how are you, man? I'm good. Hey, great to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you. We haven't seen you in a minute, man. How have things been? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm doing good. I I love that opening number that you started with, that Amy Winehouse tune, because uh, my wife and my favorite song is Our Day Will Come by her, by Amy Winehouse. Mm. uh, I'm I'm an unrepentant fan of Amy Winehouse. I, I love everything about amy winehouse and that first record i feel like as big as back to black was that first record has so many incredible numbers to it and that and that muted trumpet that starts that song (laughs) off it's tasty man and then when she starts singing i'm like damn girl you died way too young way too young yeah even no she's even if it wasn't sexy mm, i'm a big fan so nate We've had you on the show before. We've yeah. talked about who you are and where you're from. A stalwart, a staple of Twin Cities and Minnesota music for sure. I want you to tell me right now, because Trailer Trash is playing this Thursday at the next Patreon event, and every single Patreon member, every previous guest, and those who present a convincing argument are going to be allowed to join us in the main room at the Hook and Ladder. Where does the story of Trailer Trash start? I mean, like oh. the very beginning. Oh, the very beginning. Well, you know, I was raised by a troupe of traveling circus family people, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we got stuck on a on a side road in the Smoky Mountains, and I heard the ghost of Jimmy Rogers, or was it Woody oh Guthrie, blowing off the smoke of the Smoky Mountains, and, and I was inspired <laughs> to go on to a, a career singing <laughs> roots rock music after that. That's, that's Now, uh, that, that sounds great kids who are reading about Peco Bill and Paul Bunyan <laughs> and their kids. Where did the story of Trailer Trash actually start? You know how it started. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, it started as a, as a wedding band. We got together to play the wedding of a good friend of ours, a guy named Kevin Foley, who is no longer with us. Rest mm. his soul. Uh, R.I.P. Yep. R.I.P. We got together in uh, November of 92. And uh, we had just, we were just, I, you know, it, it was originally me, my brother, Adam Levy, his brother, Noah, and, mm. and uh, John Duncan on the keyboards. And we, we just kind of uh, fell in together because we had all been in original bands, uh, having joined the great migration of young people that came to the Twin Cities in the early 80s to be a part of the rock and roll mecca that, that mm-hmm. this place was. So, yeah, we had all known each other and seen each other's bands and and uh, we were like, let's just throw together a fun band for uh, this wedding. And then we ended up playing uh, actually Adam Levy's wedding. Uh, <laughs> and, and it went on like this. Uh, we just, you know, it was, it was 
you know, some guys have a softball team. Some guys get together, to play poker. We get together to play music. That's yeah. really what it was. Well, I mean, that's, that's what you fall in love with, right? So let yeah. me ask you this then. So that's where it starts, right? And that's a brilliant origin story. I mean, worthy of yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, so you start out doing this thing. You're doing fun things. Everyone's playing their thing. When does the sort of twang, sturm and drang, the, oh, yeah. the essence of what trailer trash is, was, and tell shall ever be. Where, where does where does that evolve? When does that happen? Well, for me, you know, I I dropped out of school in uh, the early '80s, and I came to the Twin Cities to because you know I wanted to be in a in a band. I was I was a rock boy, like uh, like we see a lot of fellas mm -hmm. came to this and gals came to this town, and uh, and what a town. It turned out to be. I didn't know it, but it is the rock and roll center of the universe. At least in the early '80s, it was exploding. Yeah. It had all this music going on. What? And I just kind of looked more. around and thought, "Oh, hey, I guess this isn't too, this. This won't be too bad." <laughs> I kind of just like everybody you know, gets a band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so amazing. And I worked at Tatters Clothing Store in Lake and Lindale. Oh my gosh, Tatters! So I was, I was just, uh, I was just swimming in it, as they say. You know, so you, now before we talk more about the band, so I used to work at Ragstock back in the late 80s oh, yeah. into the early 90s. I had a girlfriend who was a manager at one of the stores. The Dinky Town store is long gone, but I spent many an afternoon and evening there. When yeah. you talk about working in tatters, I mean, your boot and vintage shirt collections must have been legendary. <laughs> oh, and there again, I mean, I was just a typical stodgy kid from the suburbs and I wind up in this hip clothing store. I, I learned how to what clothes were like. I mean, honestly, I didn't have an idea. I was waking up to what was what what was a fad? What was a trend and, and how to how to how to get in front of that or how to how that was managed. I learned a lot from working uh, at Tatters from a guy named Mark Lures and from another guy named Doug Denham who were basically uh, trend traders. They were, you I'm, know. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I hate to interrupt you, but yeah. did you say his last name was Denham, as in jeans, like Doug Denham? The, the name is Denham, D-E-N-H-A-M. Oh, Denham. Oh, okay. But it is pronounced Doug Denham. So well, I mean, but would, still you know. badass and appropriate for tatters. So you're working there, and now the area you're talking about Uptown, because I lived there for a long time, yeah. was ground zero for what was happening. Whether you were into music, whether you were into pizza slices, whether you were into vintage <laughs> clothes, whether you were into weird jewelry or patchouli or whatever. That, I mean, there was a time, and I hate to sound like the old man, that, that that neck of the woods in Uptown was ground zero. Like I remember Lunatic up around the corner from you. I might have bought different girlfriends 50 different pieces of, of of affordable but amazing jewelry from that place i mean oh, yeah. that was ground zero so you must have had every musician every hipster every scenester every regular everyday person that lived in uptown coming through the store at that point it was youth culture it was exploding and you know mm. you had prince's song uptown that was you know, oh yeah i you know i thought that was like that was just kind of cool, you know? It was like, oh, now I look back and I realize just what you're saying, how it was unique and it was an amazing confluence. I mean, every kid uh, from 
five states in Canada came here, you know, or, or further. I mean, people came from the East Coast. They heard the replacements and they came mm-hmm. to, you know, like a lot of our friends, they just migrated to this. They were attracted to this uh, incredible rock and roll mecca that we had here. Well, I mean, five years later, everyone moved to Seattle because that's where the new thing was, right? Well, that's but how it is, right? It be, bubbles be, up. Be, but before yeah. Seattle was Seattle, Minneapolis was Minneapolis. Right, right. And before Minneapolis was Minneapolis, there was maybe uh, Austin, Texas, and then there was Athens, Georgia. Athens, mm-hmm. exactly. I was going to say Athens. I mean, so it, yeah. it moves around, but these yeah. things happen. These certain, you said the perfect word confluence, this, this intersection of space time that yeah. no one could have predicted and right. no one can reproduce. I mean, you, right. you can't manufacture that. Nope. It just becomes a thing. But yep. we were lucky enough to hear to be here for that. Before we talk more with you, Nate, and I have more to ask you about, I don't like to go too far into the show without hearing a song. And I don't know what three songs you picked. So I'm flying blind. I'm going to let you and Sean set this up. Okay, great. Uh, Sean, did you cue up the Pete Seeger number? I did. So let's okay, tell great. us why this song means something to you, Nate. My mom was a folky. She was yeah, in folk mine music, too. Yeah. you know, the great uh, folk music scare of the mm-hmm. early 60s. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I would sit, you guys, I would sit and stare at the speakers and listen to the sound of that audience, uh, you know, enjoying that music. Yeah. It was, it was, it's very important to me looking back that it, this is a live record because as I think of it, most of my favorite records are live records. I'm really all about the live show. Mm-hmm. It's probably it's probably why Trailer Trash is a live act and not so big yes. about recording original tunes in the studio. I mean, we've done that, but I swear my whole uh, rock and roll psyche is about packing a house and rocking. That's really what I, I mean, it's a special kind of a church to me. And uh, so you hear that in this amazing recording of Pete Seeger live at Carnegie Hall, 1963, 65. Let's hear it. Yeah. Jose Marti was born in 1853. When he was 17 years old, he was active in the Cuban liberation movement and he was exiled by the Spanish governor He spent most of his life in exile, including 12 years in New York City. He wrote 70 books, poetry, novels, polemics. He's one of the greatest writers in the Spanish language. At the age of 42, he went back to Cuba. This is one of his last poems because he was killed within the year abortive uprising. After he died, people put it to a popular tune. Guantanamera Guajira Guantanamera Guantanamera Guajira Guantanamera Yo soy un hombre sincero De donde crece la palma, yo soy un hombre sincero. De donde crece la palma, antes de morir me quiero, echa mis versos del alma. Juan Tandamera, 
Guajira, Guantanamera Guantanamera Guajira, Guantanamera Mi verso es de un verde claro Y de un carmen encendido Mis versos es de un verde claro Y de un carmen encendido Mi verso es un cielo herido que busco en el monte amparo. Guantanamera, Guajira, Guantanamera, Guantanamera, Guajira, Guantanamera. The words mean, I am a truthful man from the land of the palm trees. And before dying, I want to share these poems of my soul. My poems are soft green. My poems are also flaming crimson. My poems are like a wounded fawn seeking refuge in the forest. The last verse says, Con los pobres de la tierra, with the poor people of this earth, I want to share my fate streams of the mountain pleases me more than the sea. Con los pobres de la tierra quiero yo mi suerte achar. Con los pobres de la tierra quiero yo mi suerte achar. El arroyo de la sierra me complace más que el mar. Guantanamera, Guajira, Guantanamera, Guantanamera, Guajira, Guantanamera. Once more, Guantanamera, Guajira, Guantanamera, so, Nate, I've always liked you, but the reason I love that pick so much is, for me, history and perspective and context have always been crucial to the story of Western music developing. And when you go back to the folk era, right? I mean, there are a few names larger than Pete Seeger, but it's also, it's hard for people to imagine when you see the kids in their, you know, cardigans and their neatly cropped hair in the late 50s to early 60s listening to folk music. They were every bit as hardcore as any of the punk rockers you saw mm -hmm. losing their minds to hardcore in 1983, right? right. Like the folk kids... This changed the whole game. Like, I mean, yeah. they were fine. They were happy. They weren't trying to burn the whole city down. But life was changing. Culture was changing. Mm -hmm. Attitudes were changing. And these folk artists were, before there were rock and roll heroes, before there were glam heroes, before any of that, folk is really what we owe to changing the nature of youth culture in this country and in Western culture more than anything. 
that was fucking beautiful, man. Well, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, it's really true. And uh, to me, folks, folk singers, well, Pete Seeger in particular is the original punk rocker. To me, that mm-hmm. that that sense of populism and that sense of making it matter. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. that's ultimately, you know, what it is all what we're all trying to do. We we're just trying to matter. Uh, uh, the and- way I put the way I put that, not to interrupt you, but every uh, and way too many shows to mention. I refer to those kinds of people as true believers. And you don't have to be mm-hmm. an artist to be a true believer. But when you hear a true believer or when you talk to a true believer or interact right. with a true believer, you absolutely know they're a true believer. Oh, yeah. No. And for me, that was Pete Seeger. He set the example. I mean, later on, I mean, when I got into I mean, all kinds of music, I mean, into, but when I, when I think of what music means to me i start with pete seeger that kind of feeling mm-hmm. that kind of that gut re- reaction to to what this is all about i mean that intro that he set that song up there where he's saying this man gave his life for his cause and before he died he wrote down these words i mean mm-hmm. i would sit there as a as a three-year-old kid listening <laughs> to this music and i'd say okay this guy is singing it because it might be the last time He's going to make this matter to this crowd there tonight, you know. And and to me, that's kind of how it's got to be. If we're going to play music together, we're not going to mess around. Are you telling me that's the attitude you're going to bring Thursday night at our Patreon event? <laughs> we, we always do. We always do. Uh, you know, the number of times I've seen you at Lee's, I don't doubt it for a moment. Trailer Trash joining us for our next Patreon event. By the way, anybody who wants to join Patreon, you can join us Thursday at the Hook and Ladder for Nate and his band, Trailer Trash. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show. Learn more. Sign up if you like. $2 a month. $2,000 a month. I mean, really, whatever is in your budget, that's all we ask for. Before we continue with Nate, let's talk to my good friend, Sean Bernard. Sean, uh, you are also a sponsor of this program in addition to... Well, basically running the whole thing. Otherwise, I'd be lost. I'd be out here flipping around in my front yard in the dirt. (laughs) Someone came along to save me. Um, You are also a realtor for the 50th in France location of Medina Realty. How's uh, How's the whole land baron game going? It's good, the land baron game. Um, it's it's very interesting. I sat in oh, the sales. Oh, I know what you people are like. I sat in a sales meeting this morning, which you know I'm not a huge fan of sales meetings. Uh, but really, but, but today, Shocking today actually, everyone. today actually was really good because there's this perception right now, like the market's crashing, everything's changing, and then they showed us stats over the last thirty years, and I looked at them and I was like. Oh my God, we're doing just fine. This is not a major crash. This is a slight correction. We're not supposed to have houses that appreciate 12% every year. That's kind of odd. Um, so I sat and watched this thing and kind of calmed my nerves a little bit. And I thought, this is this is kind of cool to see that uh, the market is actually okay. Uh, the interest rates went up slightly, but if you talk to people our parents' age, They'll say 6% interest rates. That's fantastic compared to what I did in the 70s when it was 16% or 14% or 12% or whatever it happened to be. So um, the other thing that I do that I'm going to continue to do, I started at the beginning of the pandemic because I had so many friends who were artists or musicians 
and a chunk of their livelihood was taken away. I donated a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or musician. Um, music is community. Uh, music is my church in many ways. Uh, one of the things I loved about Trailer Trash all the times that I've seen them is it wasn't just the band, which was fantastic and so connected to the audience. It was all the other people. It was all the other people that I kept seeing at Trashy Little Christmas at the other events. And we would see each other and we would sing along and people would dance like idiots and have a great time and it's community. And so one of the th things that Brian and I agreed to when we started the show is this is going to be first and foremost, a show about our community and supporting um, our community as much as we possibly can. So if you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, there's lots of realtors out there. Um, I just am somebody that believes in giving back to the community. So 612-859-2594. And that number is also textable. Uh, also, another reason uh, not only to support Sean and pursue him if you're looking to buy and or sell, but to support us through Patreon. A, you get to go see cool bands like Trailer yes. Trash. But B, Sean and I decided, another thing we decided early on is we'll never work with assholes. We mm -hmm. just, life is too short. And both of us having the length of radio career we've had, we've worked with plenty of assholes. <laughs> so, those, those days are over. Those days are over. <laughs> I mean, or at least our tolerance for it is wildly diminished. And so yes. it's important. Nate, a lot of people, when they hear the name Trailer Trash, they think Lee's Liquor Lounge. Obviously, you played many, many, many more places than that. But Lee's, one of the last of the upper Midwestern roadhouses. How did the relationship with Lee's Liquor Lounge begin? Uh, it was through a friend. So, yeah, the uh, the band was looking around for a place to play. We had actually played, uh, we started at a bar called the 24 Bar, which located over in the Berman Buckskin Building that is now located, well, that is now the location of the of the uh, federal uh, first, what do they call it? Oh, the Reserve Bank. Oh, okay. Hennepin and First Street. So that building mm. is gone. That was a wonderful <laughs> six months we ran, and I think we were getting paid $100 a nut to play a Wednesday night and we asked oh for a raise gosh. and so they fired us. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Welcome to the modern world and kids stay in school, don't do drugs and don't become a musician. Don't become a musician because it music does not pay. It's it's an it's a uh, it's an addiction, an affliction. It's something that you do if you can't help it. That's that's me. I, I was I couldn't help it. Worse than that, I was bound to. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, it, it, will, uh, it will take a toll. But um, we started it playing at uh, Lee's Liquor Lounge when a friend of ours, a gal named Mary Johnson, who's also now passed away. Hmm. Uh, yep, an old, old friend, great friend of uh, early replacements years and goes Oh, my back. gosh, yeah. Yep, and uh, so Mary's like, hey, you ought to come play my bar. And so, I mean we were just the right band that walked into the right bar at the right time. And uh, we started there in May of 93, Brian. So next May will be our 30th year as. Oh this, my gosh. And, and that's wild. Lineup. I mean, like, so your style of music fits a roadhouse, but there was something about Lee's like we have a, we, we are very lucky people who don't do Minneapolis think of us as flyover country, whether we're talking about the arts community 
or the record stores we have or the restaurants we have or the incredible live entertainment we have the theater community the dance community people don't in my opinion because of course i'm here and i'm kind of a homer i think they give a short shrift comparatively speaking but there's something about lee's and with no disrespect to any other live venue in town that was unlike any other place yeah. and i know you must have felt that oh yeah we knew it right away i mean it was the wood paneling it was the glass display cases full of elvis figurines it was <laughs> when we started it had four pool tables and a, a pinball a cigarette machine uh you know a jukebox a pac-man all this stuff and uh but you know it's it's also it's also it was a great place but it's also the people it takes great audiences to make great music mm-hmm. here's the thing I'll, I'll go you one further brian and i'll tell you I think people in the Twin Cities, in Minnesota in general, maybe, they're kind of like rich kids who don't know daddy's got money. <laughs> you know, they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I think I'll just take the Benz out this weekend. Uh, <laughs> they don't understand that people don't usually have this much great no. music. <clears throat> no. You know? Well, I mean, so I work at a record store. It's the same thing. We have more vibrant, independent record stores in a town this size than Chicago does like and yeah. that, that's from speaking from people all around the country we have things here that if you're not from here or haven't spent any time here you don't truly appreciate or if you don't get out of your comfort zone once in a while and go look around if you're a vintage person if you're an arts person if you're a theater person it's all happening all the time now you doing all this lifelong stuff at Lee's. Actually, I got a few more questions I want to ask you, but we've gone long enough that I need to hear another another song. I don't know what we have up next, but I'd like to hear one more song, if that's all right. Yeah, let's do another song. This is a song by a group called the Blues Busters. Now, this is to show everybody that I'm just not a one-trick pony that's not all roots <laughs> and everything. My <laughs> folks, this is, this, is, this is from my kids, my childhood my uh, parents had this crazy eclectic record collection. And so this is one of those songs from a Jamaican ska group called uh, the Blues Busters. And uh, I'm, I'm, I will always be a ska fanatic for this, this, this great first wave of ska. This is like, this is just, my brothers and I just used to love this music. And we, we used to just really, really, you're going to dig this. You guys are going to dig this. It's a song called, uh, um, I Won't Let You Go. Yeah, I won't let you go. Yeah, it's just, it's, this is the stuff. Thank you. 
Yes. I think we lost Brian. Hey, Brian. You had to fade it out, I know. That's that was a fantastic song. I absolutely love that. And I've not heard of the Blues Busters. Yeah, the Blues Busters were kind of like uh, one of the early contemporaries of uh, the, like, uh, uh, you know, Desmond Decker and uh, early Bob Marley. Um, so cool. I just loved it. I love the feel stuff. of that. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you think about first wave ska, right? And I always wondered why so much British stuff from the 80s had such a ska bounce to it, right? Like whether we're talking about the specials, whether we're talking about oh, yeah. even the police, right? Like even something that commercial. Yep. There were a tremendous number of Jamaican immigrants that went to the UK right. and they couldn't get enough of it. And it, it literally informed the clash. I mean, yeah. it informed all of it. And yeah. so then there was the second wave two-tone stuff and then third wave American stuff. But yeah. I mean... The early dance hall bounce kind of stuff, brilliant, absolutely. And now brilliant. you've got the Mavericks that kind of have this huge mm -hmm. big ska groove in their country, which is which is kind of uh, uh, a whole thing that they've been developed on their own, which is, I mean, the Mavericks are in a class by themselves. That's oh, agreed. I mean, yeah. ridiculously talented. And there are many bands, I mean, because they've been doing it for literally decades. And so, you know, you go see them. And the number of bands, you bring up an excellent point there, Nate, with the Mavericks. Like, I don't consider myself a Mavericks aficionado. However, there are bands I go see, Los Lobos, another fine example, not at all Scott-related, but like, I'm like, yeah. And then you watch them live, and you sit there with your mouth hanging open for an hour and a half, yeah. and you're like, holy shit, these guys yep. are good. Well, you don't even they... know what his last pick is, Brian. Yeah. Oh, a Los I, Lobos I... record. Are you kidding me? No, yeah. it's totally queued okay. up. And okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm just telling you, it's kind of creepy, I mean, kind of weird but, that you. But but in in that same vein, there are bands that have been doing this for so long, and they're so good and seem almost effortless. But like everybody in life, whether you are an aerial acrobat or a boomerang thrower or a chef <laughs> or whatever you do, when it looks easy, when it looks like child's play, all that is is decades of perfection and I, it speaks to my point that i was trying to make there's no replacement for putting the time in right right you may be gifted but you still need to put the time in mm -hmm. and there are people even when you put decades in it's only then that you start to realize how much it is you have to learn how much it is you have to know and i, I feel like grandpa telling all the kids to gather around and here here a lesson but it's true the better you get at something the more you realize it is you have to learn nate you are part of trailer trash and by right. part i mean the the throbbing vital grisly heart of what trailer <laughs> trash is and trailer trash is going to be performing at our patreon event this thursday the hook and ladder it's coming up on thursday what is today the 20th yes yep. so on the 22nd and what time does it start sean Start. Doors are at six. Music at six thirty. We'll be out of there by eight. Um, and we're just so thankful for Nate and the uh, folks in Trailer Trash for doing this show. It's just they're one of my favorites of all time, and uh, we're just so thankful for for you guys doing this, Nate. Our when pleasure. You, when you talk about the timing, I'm not sure if you're flirting with me, Sean, but it's working. Out of there by eight is like. Yeah, girl, you can have my number. No problem. Um, I appreciate that. So I, I'm just, you know, I mean, not What's really. You, you already have my number. <laughs> I'm true. just saying that, like, 
early. I was up late last night, and that's I know I'm a little. I'm a little dizzy right now, but I'm excited about this Thursday. Before we wrap things up entirely here, Nate, at some point, Trailer Trash starts as a wedding band, and then sort of develop its its own sort of Americana, old school country, just sort of upper Midwestern sound. Does it continue to evolve? Are you happy where you are? Or much like I was saying about always having something more to learn, yeah. do you feel like there's more to learn or more directions for trailer trash to explore? Oh, yeah. Well, and ultimately, we play for who comes. We play for the crowd. You know, it's mm-hmm. that kind of a, of a, what trailer trash really is, is honestly, and this is, this is, I wear this title proudly, we're a bar band. I mean, some mm-hmm. guys get a record deal, we got a bar deal, you know, yeah. and that's kind of how we we're able to make our uh, nickel and dime living, you know, in, in the Twin Cities in greater Minnesota. Now, I mean, we love that early Bakersfield stuff. Uh, you know, we love that uh, Western swing. We love, you know, uh, you know, Roots Rock and that Sun Records and all that good stuff. But I got to tell you, times change. And so we have to kind of evolve and move on, you know. Um, and so that's kind of how we are now. We're trying to just figure out a way to do what we do in a way that makes sense for, uh, you know, younger audiences that want to come out and see something from the Great American Songbook. So, you know, uh, we'll throw in, uh, you know, uh, other kind of stuff. I mean, you know, Steve Earle songs. I mean, yeah. you got to understand. Uh, yeah, Nick Lowe. You know, um, uh, you know, pub rock, that whole kind of uh, uh, Dave Edmonds thing. We've got a. a I'm going to cut you off right there because when you say that you were a bar band, yeah. Anybody who thinks that that's a limiting title, like pub rock, I work at a record store, right? The number of British bands who were defined as pub rock greats. And so it's like, oh, they only did pub rock. They changed the face of Western music, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, like, well, like let's, pop let's rock, bar rock. It. Yeah. But, but, but like, so Utah, being yeah. at Lee's, this is something I forgot to ask earlier when we were talking about Lee's that I want to get to before we end here. So there's this symbiotic relationship between fans and a band, right? Like, you play right. your heart out, and if the crowd reacts, you get fueled up. And it, it's, this, it's this, you know, biofeedback loop that just keeps getting better and better until the night's over right. and people are vomiting in the parking lot. But one of the things, one of the things that, well, I mean, I just... Let, the look on Nate's face, he's like, he's like, that oh, was just know, Sean oh, back in the day. That's the power <laughs> of that music. It, it yeah. he's like people you know, that fall in love. Uh, you'll have a preacher uh, with a Bible in the parking lot preaching yep. against all the evils of rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you'll have uh, fist fights. You'll have all kinds of stuff breaking But the out. question I want to get to is like, so you've got people rocking out, but one of my favorite things about Lee's and something that I've, I've always been afraid to do but I was always impressed by as I sat there on the table, nursing my drink, watching everyone else do it. My favorite thing about a roadhouse like Lee's, everybody danced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No matter who the band I saw was, no matter what. Right. They got out there and it could be an old square ass couple who looked like they were from fucking Elk River. It could be a cool <laughs> young, it could be a cool young hipster couple that looked like they were from Northeast. It didn't matter. You. When the band was tight and the mm-hmm. energy was right and yeah. and you had that critical mass. When people dance, that had to be nourishing for you as, as an artist, right? 
Absolutely. And that was, we were lucky enough to be a part of that great summer of love that was 1996, where the swing thing caught on. All of yes. a sudden, right. if you wanted, if you were young and looking for love in the Twin Cities, the Go best on. thing you could do would be to learn how to swing dance. Well, now you tell me. We're, we're a little past that now. Nate. Thank you very much. <laughs> that now was what happened. And, and it was a huge deal. And I'll tell you something else, guys. I've been to Nashville. And I know you guys have been to Nashville. It yeah. calls itself Music City. Well, yeah. the people down in Nashville don't know how to act in a bar. All they know how to do is get shit-faced drunk yeah. and, and hoot and holler. They don't know how to dance. They don't. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of, of it's called social dance. Right. It is a mm -hmm. thing. It is okay to dance, to ask somebody to dance and yeah. have a dance in a social setting. There's nothing wrong with that. But of course, down south, you got your Baptist and your Methodist. And oh they, my they, God. They, they can't stand the whole idea. So of we're, we're talking footloose right here. Together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's bad. Leave room Next thing for you know, Jesus, they're moving right? like this. Yeah, leave room for the Holy Ghost. Uh, <laughs> no touching, all right, while we're dancing. But I mean, like, even even if you talk about something that most people would consider, especially in this day and age, exceptionally square, on Channel 6, our local cable access, they still play polka every oh, day yeah. during the middle right. of the day. Polka Spotlight. And, and, and yep. granted, Polka Spotlight. The We've number been on of, Polka the, Spotlight. The, we were on there. I'm certain you were. But the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the people who are in it, yes. they, they look like they're aging out. But you know what? Those people have been poking for 60 fucking years. Oh, yeah. And dance is not only good for your body, little yeah. cardio, yeah. little little working out, yeah. but interacting with a partner like that, like the joy you experience and you get to enjoy the music. I mean, there, there's I, I was always too afraid, but there's a joy to dance. And that was always my favorite thing about Lee's yeah. is all of a sudden, no matter who the band was, the right song came on. Yeah. everybody's oh they just rush right. the dance floor except except That's, for me and three other people who are lonely and sad <laughs> yeah. it's in our dna you know guys it, yeah. in, it is our, i mean in the midwest because yes. it's a direct descendant of all the polka bands the culture yes, of german the and yeah. right the polka halls the uh the big dance halls yep um i mean when you look at an act like trailer trash or even more so with Johnny Holm, you know, or with some of these big names, Jonah and the Whales, these dance bands that have been around yes. for so long, yes. right? And it is a direct, that, there's a direct link between these bands of today and the big polka bands of yesteryear, you know, Whoopi John and, and uh, Six Fat Dutchman and all that stuff. They used to pack them in by the thousands, like off a troop train. They would fill up these dance halls and people would social dance. They would dance together and that's how people got married they got they got absolutely either all the way to the altar or halfway to the altar <laughs> <laughs> nice just want to i want to i want to squeeze in here real quick that i know that you have to uh, head out here shortly here nate but um i want to mention that trailer trash has also offered up four tickets um to their trashy little christmas show but you have to be at the event on thursday to win Yes. So, so we're going to actually give away uh, four tickets to Trashy Little Christmas, so or two pairs. Right, because the Trashy it. Little Christmas show is coming again. We're going to play the Trashy Little Christmas show at the Hook and Ladder. December, and, uh, is that right? right? Yes, we're going to be doing that in December on, I believe, the 9th, Friday yes. the 9th of December. So yep. this family four-pack of tickets to the Trashy Little Christmas show is actually the it's my wife Vicky's bright idea, and it happens to be Vicky's birthday. 
Happy I was gonna bring birthday that up, to Vicky. Happy birthday to your wife, man. She's yes, so, we were we were friends actually before I got to know Nate. I certainly met Whoa, Nate and saw him. We out. spoke well of Whoa, you, Sean. Oh, oh very <laughs> well. Things just got a little spicy on the just Brian saying, show. Just she saying. Always spoke well anyway. of she has good taste. She always did. Yes, <laughs> Nate, Nate, how long? So first of all, the how one thing I want to get out of the way. You are. She's fantastic. Halfway to the altar is the name of my new uh side synth projects ep um yes. halfway to the altar is fucking brilliant oh yes uh oh no i'm hanging on to that one uh secondly so as as signature and as distinctive as your band is when it comes to the nomenclature of twin cities bands trashy little christmas is really kind of the signature event right i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not i'm not trying to limit you to that but obviously a major landmark in what your band does. When was the first ever Trashy Little Christmas? It started in 1994 uh, because we started doing, we were just a weekly nightclub act. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to find a way to play to the crowd. So it's December, let's do some Christmas songs. So we were throwing everything in the mix. We were doing Proud Mary. And dedicating Proud Mary to the Virgin, you know, the blessing. (laughs) Nice. Making anything work. And then, so we gradually acquired enough tunes to make a record. And so we went in the studio and cut a record in 96. Uh, It came out that fall and we started the first Trashy Little Christmas show uh, right about that time. But uh, yeah, it's the the, uh, evolution of a live show. It's really just something that came about organically. We never really sat down and thought, oh, I know what let's do. Let's have, you know, a nativity pageant. Let's have an angel of the Lord. Coming up in December, can I please be one of the goats? I'll sit there quietly and wear my horns and my hooves. I just want to be a goat. Just be a goat. Yep. You know what I mean. Uh, Nate, um, thank you very much. Before we wrap things up entirely, I want to thank Audio Quip. Uh, Audio Quip, without them, we are nothing. We may not be in the Smart Start MN studios today, but... 99% 99% of the time we are, but not today. Uh, without them, we are nothing. So thank you very much to them. And if you need audio equipment, audioequip.com. But make sure you get the Minnesota one because there are a few other fucking carpetbaggers that are moving <laughs> in on their name. Uh, and we, we love Nate and his whole crew. Um, love you too. You are going to be joining us. What's yeah. that? Love you too, Brian. Thank you for having me on today. This is great fun. Well, we're going to have you Thank on you Thursday so much, for right, our looking forward to Patreon Thursday. event. Yes. Very yes. much looking forward to that hook and ladder. And again, Sean, any other details people should know? No, there will be a food truck outside. Um, a fantastic uh, Mexican, you know, cuisine food truck outside. So in case you don't get a chance to eat, there will be food out there. But you better be right back in to listen to the music. Yep. And I'm guessing there will be some dancing. That's right. Tell your friends, everybody listening, tell your friends and your friends' friends yep. uh, to join up. It's it's uh, easy to do. Become a member of this show, and yep. uh, and then we'll see you down there at the Hook and Ladder this Thursday at 6.30. It's patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show. Also, fair warning, at the Tenacious D Show last night at Surly's, there was an Epinata truck. That the line was more than an hour long, Ooh. but I waited because my daughter swore she wanted empanadas. So I bought six of them. When I got back, she's like, oh, no, I already got a burrito. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I ate enough empanadas last night to stun a small elephant. So I'm going to go and lay down. But we're going to wrap <laughs> things up here. And before we go, uh, Sean, I'll talk to you next time. It's good to see you, my man. Sounds good. Thank you. And- my last song, Nate, is...
Before Los- we go, before we get to the last oh, song, yeah. Nate, if people want to find you online, if people want to listen to your music, they want to listen to Trailer Trash, book your band. Ground Zero, or book your band. What is Ground Zero for Trailer Trash? Thank you. It's trailertrashmusic.com. Trailertrashmusic.com. If you Google up Trailer Trash Minnesota, you'll come to us. The band from Honky Tonk Heaven. That is all I wanted to know. I'll see you in just a couple of short days. Tell me about our last song. Oh, yeah. So the next song we got right here is a tune by Los Lobos, which they took from the late and great uh, Richie Valens. Richie Valens called Come On, Let's Go.